It was about two months prior. I was out at dinner at a place in Warwick called The Shanty. I was having dinner with my girlfriend and she wanted to buy the drinks in celebration of me putting out the first episode of this podcast. She told the waiter to put the drinks on her tab and why. So he asked about the podcast and I gave him an impromptu elevator pitch. Turns out he was also an avid hiker and just so happened that one of his favorite trails featured an abandoned summer camp. It was in Exeter, at Arcadia Management Area, and featured several bunkhouses in various states of decay, old chimneys, foundations, and even a rusty water tower. It didn't take long to figure out what trail it was and find a map, but it did take some time to find a day to hike it. The hiking app had it listed at a six-mile out-and-back, promising to take up to three hours. Finally, last Saturday, through a series of unfortunate events consisting of an eye injury, two flights of cider, some ghost stories and a hangover, I found myself with a free afternoon to finally find this Rhode Island relic. The last hurdle before heading out was conforming to public land laws and recreation during hunting season. You see, in this the smallest of states, they require all who enjoy the outdoors to don 200 to 500 square inches of blaze orange in the name of safety. I haven't hunted in a few years and I have no idea what box holds all my old gear. In a last ditch effort to stay lawful, I stopped at the local Walmart, hoping to pick up a cheap blaze orange ball cap. But surprisingly, there was no blaze orange in the sporting section. What I did find was this nice bright orange t-shirt for six bucks with a jack-o'-lantern face on it. So for this adventure, I was going for a lawful evil character alignment. Welcome to episode 9 of Tales, Trails, and Taverns, where I hike creepy, haunted trails or search for abandoned places. I'm your host, Joe Gelinas, and this past weekend, I did as much Halloween-themed stuff as I could. It started out Friday night with scary stories and cider tasting at the Tapped Apple Cidery in downtown Westerly. The event was put on by Seaside Shadows Haunted History Tours. They operate out of Westerly, Rhode Island and Mystic, Connecticut. They do guided tours in both downtown areas. Moonlight graveyard tours, haunted pub crawls, and different seasonal events. I think that there was a Christmas one, which sounded pretty awesome, actually. The Spooky Stories and Cider Tastings was a two-hour event with a four-cider flight and four-paired truffles to experience. Here's the fun part, at least for me. I was supposed to be accompanied to this event. Due to what I can only assume was a swashbuckling accident, my girlfriend had hurt one of her eyes and couldn't make it that night. And since none of my nearby friends share my love for the macabre, I ended up going solo. Of course, being the holder of not one, but two tickets to this event, I made sure to also be the recipient of two flights of cider. Sierra Little was a storyteller for the evening, and she did a fantastic job. She not only knew the two hours of stories by heart, but she seemed to relish in the tingles her words evoked to the listener. In the breaks between stories, where the crowd's whispers rolled louder into a crescendo of personal ghost stories and laughter, Sierra was able to pull them all quickly back into an attentive hush. I also hadn't realized that there was a limit to how many chocolate truffles I could eat while still feeling good about myself. But it's six. Not that 
anybody actually asked, but it's six. As a group of older ladies in the corner tried to conjure up a spirit using Sierra's divining rods, I decided to conjure up my own spirit. I headed back to the bar to swap my eight empty glasses for one full one. This was probably the turning point for me. The point at which that early morning hike had to be cancelled, and after lots of water and ibuprofen, became an afternoon hike. <laughs> that was also the moment it switched from being a that was also the moment it switched from being a trail I've done a dozen times to a trail with an abandoned surprise. After the break, I'll take you to Shelter Cove Trail in the Arcadia Wildlife Management Area. Beyond the Shadows podcast. In the darkest corners of our universe lie spaces where even the light won't go. Places where terror and the unknown lurk, always waiting. Join Ryan and Scott on the Beyond the Shadows podcast as we pull back the curtain and peer into the darkness. We'll examine hauntings, true crimes, mysteries, UFOs, exorcisms, reincarnations, mysteries, and all things dark. Join us as we go Beyond the Shadows. So here's the thing, I do things wrong all the time and this was no exception. The parking lot the app sent me to was on Frosty Hollow Road in Exeter off of Ten Rod Road. Ten Rod Road is actually the road that the Grave of Mercy Brown is on, the one, one of the supposed Exeter vampires. And only a couple miles further along the same road, you can also, well a little off the same road, it's actually in kind of a development, but anyways, two miles down that same road you can find the grave of Sarah Tillinghast, another supposed vampire. And this begs the question of why does Exeter have so many vampires? So the parking lot on Frosty Hollow Road is right at a small pond. I'm pretty sure it's Frosty Hollow Pond. And there's a trailhead for shelter. There's a trailhead for shelter trail directly from the lot. About a half mile down this trail, I decided to check the map and realized I was heading in the wrong direction. <laughs> in order to start in the correct direction, besides having to go back to the parking lot, you have to go to the road, go across the car bridge, and turn left along Breakheart Brook. You end up following the white blazes to stay on Shelter Trail. The trail doesn't stay on the brook for very long though. I pass by a camp with a lean-to type shelter, walking basically down the access road until turning left and spent a considerable amount of time spent a considerable amount of the trail far removed from anything resembling civilization. The trail takes a long loop around before cutting directly through the center of a large field. On the other end of the field is a gate to a dirt lot and you find yourself walking down a dirt road called Plain Road. Once across Flat River, the trail bears off to the right. This is your back on shelter trail again. Eventually it hits a fair, a pretty fair incline the top of which is where I came upon the first decaying structure on the left side of the trail. It could have been one of the bunkhouses, but it was kind of hard to tell. Only two of the walls were barely standing, with only a small piece of the roof still attached to it. Across the trail a little further down I could see more bunkhouses. These went off in staggered line into the woods. The first was barely recognizable pile of rotted wood, 
and the three after that were mostly still standing. One still had the walls mostly intact, but the floor was gone out of it. And that one actually had like a bunch of booze bottles hanging up in the rafters on one side. I thought that was kind of funny. A bunch of McGillicuddy's. You know. Kind of wish I'd been invited to that party, but anyways. And what was once a small roof over the entryway had collapsed. The wood of these structures looked sturdy, all made of 6x6 or larger timbers, but one touch and I could feel how time and weather had made them extremely brittle. I found a post claiming... I found a post online claiming this camp had been abandoned in the 1960s, and I think these last standing bunkhouses don't have many years left in them. After walking by these bunkhouses and back to the trail, I thought that I would have been... I thought that... I thought that would have been the last of it. I thought that was all that there was at this summer camp. But I kept going and came into a clearing where there was a large concrete foundation, an impromptu fire pit made of rocks, and a standing chimney with a fireplace in it. This was probably the office in the mess hall. As I walked towards the chimney, I saw another building behind it. This was the most well-kept wooden structure I'd seen so far. As I walked up to it, I noticed that the floor dropped down. It was cement with a short set of stairs and a piece of machinery with a wheel attached. This was probably the pump house. My theory that this was the pump house was all but confirmed when I walked outside and looked in the direction of a pipe leaving the structure and saw it pointed at a rusty water tower standing about 50 feet away. There was a lot of other small things that I saw as I explored around the area, as well as a couple snakes that I saw, but I'm not going to try to explain all of them. And unlike most of the other trails I talked about, this one doesn't have any ghost stories that I know of. I mean, I'm pretty sure some kid at some point brought out a Ouija board while at this camp, opened up a gate, tried to conjure something, and I'm sure there were a lot of ghost stories to hold around campfires here, but nothing that I know of. I did come across three historic cemeteries while driving around after hiking. Oh, and that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. I hiked about three miles to get to this camp, but on the way back I decided to take a more direct route and I found that there's actually easy access to the summer camp. Once back at the Jeep, I drove further down Frosty Hollow Road until it turned left and became Plain Road. After crossing the Flat River Bridge, you eventually find a red gate on the red, on the right-hand side of the road, and that gated road leads directly to the, sun, the, the center of the summer camp where the, the fire pit and the chimney structure is. And it means you can walk about 10 minutes to access the camp if you just want to explore that area, which I might eventually do. From some of the old maps I've seen, that abandoned camp is much, much bigger than the structures that I found. Thank you so much for listening to Tales, Trails, and Taverns. Uh, if you'd like to see more or hear more, um, we are on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Threads. I make it on X. I don't know if that's going to work out or not. I put out a bunch of reels. I put out a bunch of videos of the hikes that I've been on. It was a ton of fun going out to Arcadia Management Area and hiking this trail. I've been looking forward to doing this one for a while. I just haven't been able to get out there until this past weekend. Hopefully I'll be able to get out there again, do a little more digging around that camp, maybe look into the history a little bit more, see why it was there, you know, why it was abandoned. Who knows whether or not that stuff, whether that history still exists somewhere or not. Anyways, I'd like to thank some of the other podcasts that I talked to on Instagram and that help promote this page, like Beyond the Shadows podcast, Northern Siren on Instagram. She helps me out a lot. Liking posts, commenting. The Spiritual Sisters podcast. 
Spooky Design LLC. I just found them on Instagram. They've got some really great merchandise, especially for this uh, for the spooky season, even though sadly that's coming to an end here. I also host another podcast called Reserve Element Podcast. We're going to be coming out with season two here pretty soon. Veterans Day is right around the corner. The Marine Corps birthday is right around the corner. So we're going to be getting that back into that. Got some uh, great interviews lined up for that for that podcast. Make sure to follow along there too. As always, get on the woods, find your spirits. Have a good night.